Welcome to Winning Uglier with Brad Gilbert. Excited to have Harry Tong on today. He's been with my tennis shop, BG Tennis Nation, since 2009. He's stringer extraordinaire, racket technician, knows everything about technology of his strings and everything like that. Um, he and his wife, Joanne, who is, a, I like to call her beast mode, who can string three rackets in 45 minutes and have a coffee break. They have a cool YouTube page, Tennis Spin. Check it out. I'd like to give a little love to the rest of the BG Nation uh, staff. Devin, my partner since 2006. Leonard and Arena. Really great staff and great people to work with. Good morning. You're see I mean during this covid time the courts have been packed. You're seeing a lot more people come back to tennis. You know, and when they're coming back to tennis are a lot of people surprised at like all the equipment changes and things that have happened since they've been away? Uh yeah, a lot of that. I mean, I see so many Wilson hammers and profiles, you know, from back in the 80s and early 90s and you know, I'm looking at these rackets and saying, you know, I can tell when you play tennis, you know, the racket's kind of serviceable, but it's not as head heavy as it was before. You know, like the pure drives and the arrows, uh, the clashes. I mean, they're not as head heavy as they were. Uh, being head heavy actually makes it easier for these people to play because all they do is kind of just set the path and let the racket go. So, I mean, half the people, I change your grip, change some strings, and they're ready to go because the racket's still serviceable. But for the people, you know, who basically see their buddies with a pure drive or really want something new, um, they get one of those. You know, the the technology and the material really hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, it's really, you know, the balance and the technology and the weighting systems and the little things that make a racket stiff and soft. Yeah, Harry, I, I wanted to, you know, get into some talking specific rackets with you. And I, I know, you know, you're a big fan of the, the Wilson Clash. And, you know, could you just describe what makes that racket, racket so great and why it's uh, one that you recommend so much? Oh, yeah. So definitely the, the Wilson Clash, ever since um, we did a demo day before the start, of the launch of the racket, um, they, they showed us this cool video where they had Simona Halep and all the Wilson pros, you know, they put it in their hands and say, Hey, try this racket. Right. And it, I call it the whoa video, you know, when they hit with it for like literally, you know, like one quick rally, they're like, Whoa, Whoa. You know, you see Simona Halep hitting, Whoa. Right. It's like, well, make, what makes it the whoa factor? Well, yeah. it's it's unlike any racket on that wall. Um, the RA, meaning the stiffness on that racket, is literally 47. What other racket on the market is a 47? A wooden racket. But it's made out of graphite. So the thing about that racket is because it's so soft, 
it forces you to actually swing. So when you swing, it reacts better. And it wants you to string it literally at 48 pounds. So when people bring that racket back to me after demoing it or buying it, uh, they say, oh, there's something wrong with the racket. I keep hitting the fence. I was like, you're holding up on the swing. You need to let go of that swing. So they're hitting it flushed, meaning hitting it flat and stopping instead of finishing up their swing. Therefore, it keeps going. So because it flexes so much, you actually have to let it rip. But if you need to do that drop shot or slice, um, just swing slower and you'll get actually a nice, nice feel and a nice, nice flex out of that racket. The technology calls for you to actually swing, though, if you do want to rip it. So it's a very unique feel. Oh, that, that makes no, that makes a lot of sense. But I'm wondering, let's say you're someone that that's just not your game and you just don't feel fully comfortable swinging out all the way and, and you are looking for something with a bit more control, then which direction would you go racket-wise? I mean, I, it, depending on the level of the player and depending on sure. um, you know the age of the person and what kind of, you know, if they play singles or doubles. I mean, I do like the clash. Um, for more control specifically, I would go with a Wilson Blade. Um, that's what most people kind of wind up with at the end anyways. Yeah, it's a um, super popular one, definitely. Exactly. How important is it for club players, for juniors, to – to play test other rackets to, you know, have an understanding, you know, what, what is good for their game opposed to like, obviously you tell them and you help them, you know, into sticks, but how important is it to, to actually demo and tinker with stuff? I would say it's semi-important. I mean, I would say that most juniors in their like 12 to 14s um depending on how big they are i mean probably they're not usually that big uh they usually start off with a pure drive pure arrow um wilson ultra possibly a clash it's kind of in that category that helps them out with a little bit of power um as they kind of develop grow get stronger um pump some weights right um, most juniors go into more of a control frame at like age 15, 16. Uh, therefore, they go into like a pure strike or blade, um, head, speed. You know, you go basically less power as you get bigger and stronger. Uh, I'm actually surprised too because I've been working at a, a junior program and I see a decent amount of kids using the the pro staff because I think they, you know, they want to be like fed, you know, but these are you know, 12 to 14 age range. And I'm wondering, like, are, are they, like, making the jump to that racket too too soon? If they're actually using the Fed stick, that 12-ounce? Uh, it's probably boy, the lighter one. It's probably the lighter <laughs> one, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. true. The light one makes a lot more sense because that thing's 10.1 ounces. Um, the standard one is 11 ounces and feds is 12 ounces so it's a huge uh, it, difference yeah right so it makes sense that they are using a pro staff light um but and, and obviously it looks good it's an all black racket there aren't many of those out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's a B, bg approved all, all black raider nation racket you know it's funny is i do tell people if, if they're like a 3-0 or a 3-5 
that that racket's not meant for you. You, you know, you got to at least be probably for that, you know, the eleven ounce Fed. You got to at least be what a four or five. Yeah, I mean, if somebody has to have a black racket and they want to learn the game properly, I mean, I tell people that racket's kind of like a wooden racket. You know, I learned on a wooden racket. We all kind of should learn on a wooden racket, right? If we want to learn the game properly, because you know these pure drives and pure arrows are, you know, like a semi crutch to us because it gives us power when we probably don't need it, right? You you learn a proper forehand with a racket like a pro staff. You learn a proper backhand. You learn better technique with rackets like that. Yeah, I actually played with a a Babolat pure drive from when I was about fourteen to. 22 23 and if i could go back in time i would not do that just because it it allowed me to get away i think with plenty of bad habits especially on my backhand where i'd hit too high up on the racket wouldn't really get great contact with it but you know you could sort of get away with it because the sweet spot was so big and i'd I'd probably go back and, and play with the racket where you know it did you know actually force me to to really make a make a better, cleaner contact with the ball. Right, exactly. I'd like to think that now, like even for club players, for everybody, that is much about the racket technology. You know, I'm crazy about the strings, you know, and how many people like come in and are really like adventuresome and like wanting to do things in the strings. I think with the you know advent of polyester strings, uh, more people you know see that there's benefits to it. So um, I would say fifty fifty. Uh, most people kind of ease into it and do like a hybrid. So they'll put like a poly on the main and then like a synthetic or even natural gut on a cross. Um, it's amazing to me that I you know I basically went from five percent people even using natural gut to like 10 percent now i you know we literally can't keep natural gut in stock right now because so many people um you know want to use it and like the feel of it so they're kind of doing like fed setup where they put the gut on the main and and for most people that's not going to last very long you know fed pretty much changes his seven sticks every night so and these guys are changing it like every three weeks because it just doesn't last on the main but it feels great. No, speak of that. Do club players, when when is it time, you know, because I do see a lot of people, you know, at the club playing with worn strings, worn grips. When, when if you play three, four times a week, and you let's say you don't break your string, when, when should you be switching string? So the tennis rule of thumb is if you're playing three, four times a week, you should really be stringing your racket three, four times a year. So let's say every three months, right? Four months max, um, bring it in and get it tuned up, right? I mean, I see these kids with literally the grips falling off and, you know, I'm like, why don't you change your grip, right? They literally say, I like it that way. I'm like, okay, if you want a sweaty, wet grip all the time, you know, but the strings are probably dead. I mean, we did tests on these these strings where we never even played with them. We have a meter that tests them every day. Uh, We strung a racket at 55 pounds and we threw the meter on it 
every day to see how fast it loses tension without play. Mm-hmm. It literally loses 10% overnight at right after I take it off the machine um, and then slowly declines after that. By the time we were done with the testing, um, after the three months, the racket was literally 37 pounds without wow, play. That's crazy, actually. Wow. I mean, Harry, I tell people, I mean, I think if you play three, four times a week, six weeks is max. And I also tell people, too, a great little skill to learn is learning how to roll like a simple overgrip. Because I can't, I mean, like, I don't like to go a week uh, without having a fresh, you know, overgrip. You know, because I, I do think, and should club players and juniors like how pros tinker with their racket? Shouldn't you have a racket in your bag that's a different tension, higher or lower? You know, you're playing a big 4-0 match and you want to switch mid-match to something. Ideally, I would I would like everybody to have at least three or four rackets in the bag. Um, two strung at your regular tension one strung five pounds looser and one strung five pounds tighter. Um, Reason being, depending on the elements, depending on what you ate for dinner, right? Little things will cause you to need a a lighter strung racket or a tighter strung racket. Uh, I mean, you go out there in 100 degree weather, right? Do you really want your regular one? Uh, It's probably going to fly a little bit, right? So you take the tighter one out. If you go out and it's freezing cold and it's 30 degrees out and you're going to go play, do you want your tighter racket? Probably not. You want the looser racket. So, I mean, I always tell people I go out there with four rackets and I start with the tighter racket, the tightest racket first. The tightest racket will give me the most control as I decrease in uh, my fitness, you know, meaning, hey, I'm, I'm a little overweight, right? So after half an hour, I lose energy, right? I go to the five pounds looser racket. So I gain a little more power from the strings and the and the racket, right? And then by the time I'm done, depending if I had that pound of pasta the night before, right? I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm dragging ass, right? If I'm dragging <laughs> ass, I got to go for the looser oh, racket, man. right? So... <laughs> You know, Maybe bring the, I ten, tell the ten pound looser tension for that one. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. I have an emergency racket just in case, oh, too. Right, but I believe everybody should kind of roll that way. Do, do you feel like that's something pretty common that club players just feel like that's not something that they think about or they should be thinking about? They definitely should be thinking about that. I definitely know they don't. Um, I mean, most people that I see have two rackets, maybe three at the most. They string it at the same thing, you know, because that's what they're used to. And changing, you know, changing anything outside of the norm is kind of, you know, they're they're not comfortable with that. You know, that it's it's always 55 with, you know, Babylon Excel, you know, 16 gauge. And and it's it's hard to kind of pull people from that because, you know, as you guys know, it, it's it's a mental game too right? You're fighting against yourself. Yeah, I I totally agree. But I I just really believe that this whole tinkering, you know, because they think, oh, pros do it. I think it's really important, you know, for club players. And I want to ask you, you know, going back to the poly strings. For kids and for some adults, 
I mean, when is it safe? And, you know, it's a little tougher string on your arm. When is that? um, And how do you gauge and tell people that, okay, this is okay for you to be playing with? So my recommendation to most, you know, coaches and parents and to the kids, they have to be at least 12 years old. They have to be. Um, And they have to be of a certain size, at least five feet tall. Um, And I, I, I ease them into it by doing a hybrid to start. And I do an ultra, ultra thin uh, main on the poly. Um, The only ultra thin poly on the market these days, unfortunately, is now Selenko uh, Torbite in a 19 gauge, which is 1.10 millimeters. Oh, yeah. I don't even think I've seen 19 gauge. Yeah, that's like our our best seller used to be Luxalon Timo, T-I-M-O, which is 1.10. They discontinued it. Uh, yeah, and, and just to just to clarify for people listening, I mean, I think what the most common gauges for strings would be like a 16 or a 17 gauge string, correct? That's correct. And that's usually 1.30 millimeters uh, and 1.25. So now we're going ultra thin. We're, we're talking almost badminton string here at 1.10. So we put that on the mains and then I cross that with like a gamma T and T16. Um and I basically wait and see what happens. That 1.10 will not hurt their arm. It will give them um, a nice spin. It'll give them nice power. Um, as they progress and grow, they will start telling me by breaking the mains and not the crosses that they're ready for something thicker. So most kids 12 to 13 will break the cross first because that's made out of the weaker material and uh, shred or break first. And it usually takes four to six months to break. But as they increase their breakage or break that mean, uh, then I'll move them up gauges, meaning I'll go a little thinner, like a 115, a 118, right? Then they'll, that basically tells me that they're ready to go up uh, to thicker stuff. Uh, and eventually they'll play with a full bed of 125. But that's somewhere like two years down the road sometimes. I mean, back in the day, can you believe, Harry, when I started coaching Andre, he was playing with 15-gauge, and he was playing with 15-gauge gut and like 14-gauge titanium. But it is amazing what strings can do. Now, conversely, the biggest enemy to tennis, the shop, to everybody, the tennis elbow issue. What about – like strings that are much easier on your arm, but yet you still want some good benefit from a good string. What's out there for that? And what, you know, how do you advise people on that? So I see tennis elbow essentially every day. Um, I see a ton of, you know, I sell a ton of elbow aids to, to basically, you know, help your elbow, um, you know, not hurt so much. Now, let me just clarify something to everybody. And and you guys probably know this already, but you don't want to accept it. Um, I tell people that 98% of all tennis elbow is self-inflicted. It's something you are doing wrong. Okay. I tell people, if you want to stop this, 
learn the proper technique, uh, and and take a freaking lesson, okay? Because that's going to help you, okay? The strings are only going to do so much. The racket's only going to do so much. But if you learn it the right way, it won't hurt. But if we want to just put a Band-Aid on it, let's throw some soft string in there. Let's throw some uh, VS. Let's throw some gut in there because that's the softest string. Really? Uh, gut is softer yeah. than like some of the the synthetic strings? Oh, yeah. No, gut is 10% softer than anything else on the market. Um, if you put that on the main, all right, just like Fed does, you will feel the power. You will feel the softness. It will give. It will it will be springier. It will lessen the impact on your arm. So if you put a full bed of gut in there, it'll feel like heaven. You just got to take care of it, though. That's the only problem. Harry, I tell everybody, go looser and always play with the dampener. Because I feel like, you know, it, it, you know, if you're a 3540, you might miss hit a little bit. I feel like playing with a dampener and playing looser strings, you, you know, sometimes people feel like, oh, it, it will fly off. I feel like it's a lot easier to get used to loose strings than it is to get used to tight strings. Definitely. Definitely. Um, about that dampener, though, um, I, I personally don't play with a dampener, but I understand people that do. If that dampener flies off, you shouldn't be hitting that dampener because that means you hit the ball on the dampener. Um, <laughs> and I also and I also say, okay, guys, oh, will this vibration dampener help my tennis elbow? I was like, if this $3 little piece of rubber is, is a miracle for your elbow, um, yeah, go ahead, buy one. So it was a miracle <laughs> for my elbow. It worked. I haven't had problem with my elbow since 1995 since Andre put in that or 1994 since Andre put that rubber band in my arm so shh okay okay (laughs) (laughs) the the rubber band is maybe a a bit actually does a bit more than the standard ones yeah and looser strings I'm telling you you know make a big difference because always people feel like they should go to tighter I'm always go looser I'm playing much looser now than I ever have oh definitely and Moving from the elbow <laughs> and uh, all the, the the racket talk to shoes, uh, I was in the shop the other week and I, I was uh, pretty surprised a customer came in and uh, right away was asking about uh, the Mizuno shoes and I think they're Mizuno Wave and I, I, I in out quick purchase of the shoe and I was like. A little bit like taken aback because I'm like Mizuno shoe. That's that's news to me. Like I, I wouldn't have thought that would be you know something at the top of somebody's list. And and you said right away, no, the Mizuno shoe is it's the shoe of the year. Uh, and I was just wondering um, what makes those shoes uh, so great, and maybe how they compare to the to the Nikes or some other like the the Zoom X, like some of the other popular uh, shoes out there. Yeah, sure, no problem. It's so this is the wave. The Mizuno Wave Exceed 4. So this is the fourth generation of their tennis shoe. Um, Their Wave Exceed 3 actually did very well on the pro circuit. A lot of those guys who came in for the Challenger uh, last year were wearing those, and they asked for those. Um, Definitely a little stiffer, uh, more durable. 
they, in this Wavix Seed 4, the tennis magazine, uh, the national tennis magazine, graded it as top, top shoe, uh, best fit, um, good comfort, good cushion, good durability. Uh, this is kind of like a Asics resolution when they first came out. Right, because those were like know, all the rage a couple of years ago. It still is. Asics is still number one. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Mizuno's kind of have that same fit. They kind of have that same feel. So, you know, the key to most good tennis shoes is, you know, you being able to put your foot in there and being like, oh, this fits like a glove immediately, yeah. immediately. And it's got decent cushion. You know, your little pinky toe doesn't get scrunched, right? Because, um, yeah, you know, a lot of Americans have, you know, pretty big feet, right, and wide feet. So um, this fits, I would say, 80 to 90% of all uh, people. And, you know, no pressure points, um, extremely comfortable, uh, re- you know, six-month guarantee on these shoes. Um, and, and a 30-day comfort guarantee. Mizuno says if you do not like it in the first 30 days, you bring it back. Full, full refund. So wow. that means they stand behind those shoes. No, I, I like your glove. You know, you know me, I'm a, I, I'm a Nike. I love, I love the Vapor. And it's kind of like that glove fit. And, and so much of, of tennis equipment. I, I feel like, you, you know, I always like to try things, you know, that, you know, I'm not crazy like killer that, you know, experiment, you know, but how killers, many, killers, Darren Cahill, by the way, for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Another like little thing that I like to do. And, you know, I tell people don't wear one pair of shoes, Harry, for like three, four months, have two pairs of shoes. So you can at least rotate like your shoes, like, especially when you play matches. Oh, definitely. I, I tell people, because um, people say, oh, how long should a pair of shoes last? Like a year or two? I'm like, what? Are you crazy? You know, I, I tell people, look, I say, look at me. I weigh 200 pounds. Each one of these shoes weigh less than a pound. Me standing on top of these things, right? Basically, I, I, I'm, I'm like dominating these shoes right now. I'm pretty much like scrunching these shoes. This is like a, a, an ant underneath my feet. You know, there's literally no cushion after like a week or two, right? And you want it to last how long, right? Your knees are going to hate you. Your, your, you know, your, your um, hips are going to hate you, right? We, we got to get like shoes faster on your feet, like new shoes faster on your feet every two months, every three months max. Yeah, I totally agree on that. That it, it, It's, you, you know, a lot of tennis players for some reason – they want their racket, their shoes, their grips, everything to last a lot longer. And I think that you you can get a lot better performance in your game, believe it or not, is having a fresh stick, a fresh grip, and especially the sneakers. I'm the crazy one about shoes that, like, I never like to play in a brand new pair. I always like to, you know, break them in. So I always, like, never play in a brand new pair, like, because I always have one that's broken in. Maybe I'll walk with it for two, three days so, you know, it feels comfortable. Right. That's, that's kind of a little, a little old school now, Brad. So shoes these days, you can pretty much 
take them out of the box on the court and and go. Like there's not there's pretty much zero break in anymore. Uh, I know those Stan Smiths and tree torns and stuff from you know yours and maybe my day. You know I mean man my pinky toe freaking hurts for two weeks. You know and I, and I'm bleeding in the foot. Right those days are over. Uh, these shoes are ready to go right out of the box. Wow. So it's, it's nice to see that like a, a lot of these manufacturers have, you know, gotten things, you know, a, a lot more like updated. I feel like when the, the first sort of edition of the fed zoom came out that like, maybe this was, this was a while ago now, probably 10 ish years ago. Those were like the first ones where I was like, Oh, like the second I put them on no break in necessary. Cause I do feel like even, even for me, like, Growing up, '90s shoes, you really had to like, like, I have to bend them and twist them and like do all the working in before before we started playing. But like now, they're they're pretty good to go. I still do. I used to take a hammer out, right? I'm gonna <laughs> take a box and I used to beat up the front of the shoe because I have wide feet, so I just to soften it up. But the key though to today is that they took the cow out of the shoe, so none of these shoes are made out of leather anymore. So they're mm. not as stiff and you don't need to stretch out the leather, which literally took weeks. So with the synthetic materials, um, they're able to add comfort to your feet. It's funny, Harry. I'm still the quirky dude, even though it's synthetic, not leather. I still freaking twist it or whatever. It's just because I'm breathing. <laughs> well, you, can, you can't do decades of habit, right? Just because they, yeah. they, they change the material. <laughs> what should be, be What should we be on the lookout? for exciting stuff for 2021 that's coming right around the corner in the tennis world. So I actually feel that um, this is the golden age of tennis rackets. I mean, everybody's doing great things with tennis rackets. Um, It started actually in 2020, uh, the beginning of this year with the Yonex E-Zone. They made, you know, that racket, I call it the racket of the year. I mean, they brought it back to DR, 98 DR100 specs, which is the generation prior to um, the last two years, which is what everybody wanted. So every racket that's coming out is has been feeling wonderful. Everybody's doing great things to the throats of the racket. Um, Head calls it spiral fiber. Uh, the various other companies um, call it something else, but... It's something that they're doing to the throat area that softens up the blow, uh, redirects the power back to the ball, and gives it great feel. And every company is doing this. We got a new Radical coming out in January, right? We just had a Pure Drive. That's probably the best Pure Drive ever. Um, there, it, it's very, it's, it's a very exciting time. I just saw. The new uh, V cores the other day uh, from Yannick. Oh yeah, those those are the ones I play with. Which I've I've been yeah you recommended them to me a, a year or two ago, and I've been really digging them. Let's say you're a solid four point four four to four point five player, but if you're playing with a racket that's from two seventeen, or, or all your players now are playing two seventeen two sixteen, you know they've been you know playing these rackets and stringing them a lot. You should be looking at getting into the 20s and 21s. So anything pre-217, it's time to, to go into new generation of sticks? 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, like I keep saying now, golden age of tennis is upon us. There isn't a bad racket out there right now. I mean, it used to be like, oh, that's crap and that'll never sell. Um, it's not like that anymore. I mean, any racket from prestige, the head prestige up to the, uh, the big bad rackets, uh, like the, the Wilson XP threes and, and everything's coming out roses here. Everything's going to feel great. Everything's going to have power. Everything's going to have feel. So I think the, if I feel like all the manufacturers got together and, and kind of like, Oh, let's give everybody what they've been asking for, for the last 20 years. So, but everybody seems to be on the same page, uh, which is, I I'm, I'm shocked at. So only good things to come. Maybe it's, maybe it's great timing with, uh, you know, this surge in playing going on in 2020. I mean, you know, a great crop of new rackets for, you know, a whole new crop of new players or players that are getting back into the game after a long period of time. Um, so yeah, it could be a good match going forward. Yeah. And I wanted, I should ask you this before. What's a rule of thumb? How many string jobs, if you get one of these great rackets, when does it start after, if you have four to six, you know, then all of a sudden, okay, the racket's a little bit worn. It's starting to get, you know, not as stiff. Is it, you know, is there a rule of thumb on how many times you string a racket? I don't believe so. I mean, I think people should have, you know, like we, we talked about two to three to four rackets anyways. So, I mean, I, I have about 12 people every year that pretty much has to have a new racket um, and has to buy two to three from me every year just because, you know, rackets do get soft and it takes about a year to soften up. Uh, if we took a year old racket and a brand new racket and we tested the stiffness, uh, you definitely can tell the new racket versus the one-year-old racket because the stiffness is, uh, you know, it's not as powerful, right? It's not as stiff. Um, it's it's had to hold 55 pounds of tension for 365 days, right? Every minute, every second of the day. And that's not including you playing with it and punishing it some more. So whereas a brand new racket doesn't have to hold any tension on the wall. So, of course, it's going to be stiffer. It's going to feel different, right? These, these 12 people obviously can feel that. Well, very informative about rackets, sticks, and everything like that. You know what's amazing is it's like for somebody who's played my whole life, I'm, you, you know, I actually like, like it when it gets a little worn. Like, I actually like it when it's a little, you know, because like, but I try not to blame my stick because it's usually me that was the knucklehead. But very informative today, Harry. I really appreciate you coming on and spreading some love about rackets and technology for us uh, on Winning Uglier. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, th thanks so much for, for being on, Harry. And uh, tell Joanne we said thanks as well. Great Sunday. And go hit some balls when the weather uh, uh, you know, improves today. I, I just want all to make right. sure, Dad. You, you you got all that information down. Like you 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 are you going to write it down afterwards so you, you don't forget? Yeah. No, well, listen. I'm the opposite. I actually kind of like it. You keep it simple. No, but I actually like it. You, you know, right before I switch, I kind of like it when the the racket plays down in tension. I can't start with it down, but I like how it plays down. I actually kind of like a little bit of the worn. You, you know. But the one thing that I don't like 
they tell me if you, I, I hate a worn grip. Yeah, oh, yeah. It annoys me that like, okay, a week, if you play with it a couple times, just, it loses it, you know, it's tacking, you know. And I can't play in a brand new pair of shoes even still to this day. I gotta, <laughs> you know, twist it and, you know. Psychological. Gotta, yeah, just, because you think it. Or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. like way back in the day, Harry, you get blisters, like from new shoes, you know, so it's like, that's why that like you always kind of like, okay, I got to twist it and work it in. Oh, I know. Those Stan Smith never fit me. I, like I said, <laughs> I took a hammer to those things. <laughs> okay, buddy. Nice to talk to you. All right, guys. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Harry.